Hey guys, welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We're your host, Kevin and Aisha Shelton. And today I am so excited that we are joined by the Charm City Buyers. We love couples who are married and big marriage, real, marriage and real estate goals. And so we are super excited to have you guys here today. So thank you for being our guest. Yeah, thanks for having us. So Glad much. to be here. Um, so I know that Kevin and I know who you guys are um, because we are avid followers of your journey. But can you tell our Marriage and Real Estate Society more about um, who you guys are and what you are up to these days? Yeah, so we're Charm City Buyers. We pride ourselves on being community wealth builders. We take everything that we have and we want to pour as much into the community to build uh, and take people from where they are to their next level through real estate development. Yeah. So something that's been really important to us really boils down to two things, right? And that's building wealth through real estate and that's building Baltimore. And so we've been doing that ourselves through real estate investment and development over the last 11 years. Um, And so going the full journey, I'm very Uh, We talk about all the time, we didn't have a mentor, we didn't have a coach. So we learned a lot of things through the school of hard knocks. We're like valedictorians of that. (laughs) Um, And so (laughs) we started investing in rentals and then got into flips and doing blocks and now doing more and more development. Um, So we've kind of taken that journey ourselves. And um, something that I'm super proud of is, is the fact that we've taken so many people along that journey with us, whether that is through our socials or YouTube or um, more intentionally through our coaching program. Um, but yeah, we're all about, you know, how can we, you know, share the fact that we are, you know, regular degular and and do this ourselves and do it at a high level. And so can anyone else who's really looking to to get into real estate and, and build wealth for themselves, their family and have, add value in the community. No, I love that. I love it. Now, I'm I'm going to tell y'all right now, and I'm going to start it off like this. I'm probably going to go off script because no, I'm down. My, I'm gonna you guys are rolling. But I'm always going to be off script. What did y'all do before? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So before we started real estate, I bounced around after graduating college. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in an HR department at a travel company for about two years. And I didn't really feel the fast pace. I was an athlete. I'm like, I need something a little bit stronger, right? Mm-hmm. So then I jumped into a sales role that leveraged that HR experience recruiting, right? So staffing, 80 to 120 calls a day. Hey, I got a job okay. for you. Come to my office. Go to this person. Go to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then from there, I moved into a, a, a nonprofit here in Baltimore City for, focused on education and students. Um, and then all throughout the journey, uh, building the portfolio. Yes. Yeah. So we definitely worked our nine to five while we were building the five to nine. Um, Myself, when I graduated college, I was a corporate girly. Um, So I went to headquarters of an insurance company in a leadership development program. So I worked with senior leaders um, and uh, some folks on the board across that company. And then um, as we started to really make strides into building our own business, getting into entrepreneurship, really taking the real estate uh, seriously, I shifted from that to a um, small business, um, a software development company that's Black-owned here in Baltimore, where I ran operations for them. So I was able to take kind of that entrepreneurial spirit, how do you run a business, build a culture, lead people, all of those things, while they took some of my corporate. So they were setting the foundation to be able to grow and scale. So it was a great partnership there. Um, But yeah, so I was a a corporate girly uh, prior to 
being full time in real estate. Yeah, notice you didn't hear anything about construction or real estate. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, no, where was the real estate? But <laughs> honestly, yeah. I love I, that. Yeah, did I did do an independent study my senior year in college because my my senior year in college I only had independent studies uh, spring semester my senior year so I don't know how I worked that out but. One of those um, was on real estate. Um, and in that, it was about development and things like that. Um, because I had in my head that I wanted to be in real estate in some level. I've always been interested in it. Um, I don't know that I saw all of the things uh, that that we do now and, and really what's coming. But um, but yeah, no, we did not work in real estate. We do not have an uncle, daddy, cousin that was in real estate. There's no trust fund over here. Although I do ask my mom randomly, uh, like, where is it? Because <laughs> I know you must be kidding, right? Yeah. Um, but no, we we just got out there, decided that that's what we wanted to do, and and you know, put both feet feet forward into making that happen. Y'all didn't get that small loan from your daddy for a million dollars. For a million dollars. I wait for it. I wish. Listen, I wish. That's one of my favorite parts about. That's one of. That's truly one of my favorite parts about hearing uh, stories about couples that are doing real estate now. Is like, what what is it that you were doing before you did this? And for a lot of us, not Kevin, and Kevin will go. You know, if you let him go into what he what. How we got here, he has a very extensive story, but um, most of us weren't doing anything closely related to real estate, but there was some kind of pivot in life that pushed us in this direction. And now here we are doing what we're doing today. I will say what something that most people don't know about our story is when we both left our full-time jobs to be full-time in real estate. And um, during that time period, a developer um, that's based out of Baltimore actually tapped Khalil to come and join their organization to set up their residential development. So we had been doing stuff. They saw and knew we were doing things and they asked him to come in and it gave him the opportunity to add value by running their shop from a residential development perspective, but also gave him the opportunity to learn how things are done at a very high level in a like corporate de- national developer level. So um, when you talk about tax credits, when you talk about working with local and state government and different entities and building those relationships, he got the opportunity to do that so that he spent the time learning and adding value there and then brought it back home so that we could leverage it uh, for for what we were doing and building uh, for ourselves in, in Baltimore. It seems like both of you got some type of um, like baptism by fire and learning mm-hmm. all the things that you would ultimately need to have your own company. Are y'all both yeah. from Baltimore? I'm from Baltimore. So West Baltimore, Gwen Oak area. Uh, where I hear, I, I hear that, that, that wire talk right there. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you got to say two and blue. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from here. I love the city. I always have. When I came back, I'm like, man. Like Kiara saw it, I saw it. We're like, this, this is the space. This is it. Yeah, and I'm not from from Baltimore. I'm from outside of Philadelphia, um, about an hour from Baltimore. But I came here all the time growing up um, because it's right, you know, straight shot on the highway. Um, so I always love Baltimore, and so it's it's really nice to be able to add value back to the city that I fell in love with growing up. Interesting. So where did y'all go to college? 
in the Lehigh University. When, uh, when we yeah. meet back in the script. Yeah. Where did y'all go to <laughs> So I graduated from Lehigh 2010 and Kiera from Lafayette 2011. Mm-hmm. So they're rival schools, oldest rivalry, rivalry in the nation. Um, and we were both on the track team. So um, we saw each other at meets and then uh, eventually um, I came over to her campus with some friends and she was with her friends. The low lights, good music, vibes. And <laughs> That's awesome. We got a nine-year-old go. daughter. Because <laughs> y'all had a good time. There we go. We had a great time. We had a great time. Yeah, that, I mean, honestly, um, it is from there. And then we kind of, you know, built that relationship. And and it's really been all, all she wrote ever since that day. We've we both been all in. Like, yeah. It's weird, but like all in. I tell Kiara, um, as as regularly enough that I hope she like believes it now. But a week before I went to her campus, I saw her in a dream, and I'm I'm so serious about it. I remember waking up and it was like a silhouette with a bright light in the background. I was like, "Who is that? That's kind of weird." Then a week later, I see her and she's standing. And as soon as I walk in the the room, she's she's sitting in front of her college, like you know those big lights with the octopus, like and they got a bunch of light bulbs. She's sitting in fr- in front of that, and I double take. I'm like, that was her. Oh, that's so when cool. you get mad at her, do you like bring that up? Like, man, you're supposed to be the girl out of my dreams. Like, yeah, why are you talking right. like this? Like, you your, doing life? This? <laughs> your life's not shining very bright today. This ain't supposed no. to be what you're supposed to be like. <laughs> but no, so when y'all did the first deal, I, I kind of want to, I want to get into the nitty gritty because did y'all yeah. buy a house before? Did you, what was, what was the trajectory y'all were on before you changed your stars? I like to call it changing your stars because y'all ain't supposed to be here, right? Like this was right. not supposed to happen. They all tell us you're not supposed to be here. This is for, you know, other folks. So before right. you guys changed the stars, where did it start? Yeah, so we were, um, so that job straight out of college took me to Connecticut. And so I was in Connecticut for a while. Claude had already graduated. He had moved back home to Baltimore. Um, he decided to join me in Connecticut. He always says I followed love and, and went to yeah. Connecticut. So um, so he's in Connecticut with me. And so we're living together and, you know, starting to, what do they say? Like, um, uh, you can't get the milk for free, right? That kind of situation. Like we're living, we're living together. And so at the time um, we were having conversations like, well, what does this look like, right? Like, what are we looking to do and accomplish together? And we were vision boarding and we were dreaming out loud and, and really defining, you know, how this path was going to look for, for us. And so um, in that conversation, we also knew that trying to work full time until it's time to get a pension was not feeling like the mood for either one of us. So we started talking about entrepreneurship and different avenues. We looked at vending machines. We looked at, you know, all the things that sound that are like the cool things to talk about now. You know, we were talking about that 11, 12 years ago. Like, what's our path? And like I said, I was always interested in real estate. And so that was on the list. It hit the most boxes for, for the both of us. Um, And so we took a step in the direction of real estate. So the first project um, was a three-unit shell that we bought in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, We bought it for $26,000 through an online auctioneer. Um, We had planned on wholesaling it. um, And so we were like, the numbers are great. You know, we're going to wholesale this, make some quick money, whatever. 
And then that's when we start to learn and understand when people talk about location, location, location. And at the time, they were talking about war zones where like the, the language and things that people were using. But we saw this house, saw the numbers and knew that it was a lot of opportunity. And so the folks that we were trying to wholesale to through the local RIA, they were like, I'm not in that neighborhood. I'm not doing anything over there. I will not, like, no way. And so, um, but we doubled down. Like, no, yep. the numbers are good. The numbers work really well. And we had sat outside the, the community for a while. We started meeting people. We knew this was a spot to be. Yeah. And so um, we, we double, triple down. And so instead of just wholesaling it, we got the funding through um, a nonprofit real estate lender um, to do the $120,000 renovation that was required on that property and did it ourselves. Like we were like, you know, you guys don't see value in the neighborhood because you don't see value in the people who live here. And there's value in this property. And that really set the foundation for a lot of the things that you hear and see us doing and talking about because that very first project you know, a lot of people said, said no. And that property honestly set the foundation for everything we've done since. It really did. That first project, it was a full gut, mm -hmm. right? It needed a little bit of everything. Now, some of the floors and, and the structure was good and strong, mm -hmm. uh, but it still needed all new roof windows, all new MEPs, like the whole nine. Mm -hmm. um, we also used a, a tax credit on that, on that property. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we used a nonprofit lender, so it really, it, it, it allowed us to experience the full creative capital stack yeah. and bring it all together in a way that, that like Kiara said, it set the foundation. We were able to say, oh, wow, that wasn't too, too bad. Let's mm -hmm. do it again. Mm -hmm. And let's explore more. Let's learn about grants now. Let's learn about all these different kinds of fund funding arms and, and, and figure out ways to continue building properties. Yeah. And it became a crash course on, again, turning vacant houses into homes, right? Seeing value in our neighborhoods first and not waiting for someone else to tell us that there's value there. It taught us um, how to be landlords with a conscience, right? We were working with tenants. We were helping them keep cussy with their kids. And we were doing resume building. We were helping people get citizenship. Like it was like that very first project was really, really great from a value perspective as an investor. And then it was $120,000 renovation as like 22, 23 year old kids. And so we had to navigate construction without knowing construction and managing a contractor and you know all of those types of things and then we got married during the yeah. rehab and had a baby like it was everything all at once <laughs> it was everything all at once in that in that very first deal so it became honestly the seed that that birthed so much um which is really interesting to think about saying it out loud yeah. no I, I love it i love it i i think I'm I'm a fan of all at once. I think our our whole lives has been built on all at once. So we definitely feel your pain. My one yeah. question is when you sold, did you ultimately sell it or did you keep it as a rental? We kept it as a rental until last year. We kept it for really? uh for over 10 years. We kept that property and it cash flowed every single time That's we made my question, about is that cash yeah, flow. Yeah, our cash flow was probably about fifteen hundred dollars a month net. Um, that we were making on that property. And then we took the funds from that. And then obviously we were both still working full-time at the time. 
So we snowballed. So we took the money that we were making from that project and then leveraged it to buy the next one and just continue to do that as we were building a rental portfolio. And our very first tenant still lives there. Mm-hmm. Like really. We tried to get him to buy we're it the whole 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> we were out, out of state managing the, the rehab, out of state owners. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really one of those projects where like you, you learn a little bit of everything in this first deal. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, growing and scaling personally, together and and our, our business mm-hmm. and figuring out parenthood and life and parenthood and being yep. young black exactly. in america it's exactly so let's talk about the foundation in the 20s right and so we are always like well we planted our 20s like they they didn't exist now we have been very intentional about enjoying our 30s um but but we planted our 20s because you know we we just went for it like we literally um left and and built the plane as we were going but um but it worked for us i definitely don't say everybody should do it like that but but it it was destined for us to be able to learn those things that set the foundation for what we're doing now i i can't stop smiling because i keep hearing the similarities between your journey and our journey too um some of the bumps in the road some of the lessons that were truly invaluable when i look back on some of the challenges that we had and how they've grown us as a couple and as business owners i'm i'm grateful for them on the other side of them right um but I think that we as couples, and I know you hear this term a lot because we do too, as power couples, we make it look easy, right? And so they see the successes that we have. Tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you've experienced being married and in business together. Yeah. Listen, marriage is real. Mm -hmm. Marriage is a business in itself, but you're talking about like two type A people who are former D1 athletes who like like really think at a high level and move quickly, um, who have a kid now and are married and in grad school and corporate job and other jobs, right? It's just all these different dynamics come together. In addition to like our families and our friends who like mold and sculpt us too. So there's so many just different dynamics coming together. I think for us, um, you know, making sure that we we lead with love. I'm, I'm gonna spin it to the positive first, right? And then Kiara can answer. But making sure we lead with love and making sure we <laughs> we we um we prioritize each other. We go on date nights. We make sure we travel together. We have a good time. We laugh together, just like basics, right? Let's watch a movie together in our bed on our phone, like we used to do in college, right? Just like really keeping those basics together and falling in love with each other day after day, month after month. Yeah, absolutely. I think. And the last thing you said to pick back off that, you know, as you grow as individuals, because we've been together since I was 19 years old, right? So you change a heck of a lot between 19 and your mid 30s. That's probably one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. And just growth. And so being in, intentional about um, honoring where you are in your own personal growth, um, recognizing and understanding your partner's growth, and then choosing to stay connected and and loving that person in where they are um and and still being able to honor yourself at the same time so that's one just as people right as as married people who've been married for um for 10 years and together for 15 like that's a long time so being able to to intentionally choose each other all the time um and then you have business which adds that another level of challenges because your businesses ebb and flow just like marriage ebbs and flows and so it, you know, you have to, you know, being able to balance those things and um and just stay in the moment and figure out at what point 
can you turn it off? Because when you're in business together, there's not much of a true balance, right? right? It, it's always on. Um, but finding those moments where you can, I can just be Kiara or you can just be Khalil. We can just, you know, have a good time and remember that we are friends first. Like I tell people all the time, like I genuinely like my husband, like I like him as a person. And so all the other things, if you keep that centered, kind of fall where they may. Um, and I think as we've gotten older, we've learned to prioritize which what is actually important. And um, the other stuff kind of, you know, it'll, it'll, the dice will fall where they may. And and that's okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been hard when, you know, he's on and I'm off and I want cuddle time, but he's in work mode, right? Like there's those things that you just have to balance. I think, you know, we're better at it now than, than we were in the past. And, um, but we've learned how to honor each other in the journey. For sure. And I think Kiara brought up a really good point that, that growth, yeah. right? You, you got it like for us and for really any couple getting started out with that first, like 10, 10 years, I would say, mm -hmm. um, trying to find space and making sure that you have the room to grow. Cause you don't even know who you are yet, especially right. when you're married young and you're together young, you're yeah. together for a long period of time, really don't know who you are. So making sure you, you find that space in a respectful way to mm -hmm. continue evolving and growing and and give grace to each other mm -hmm. so that she has the space to grow and I have the space to grow is a challenge, mm -hmm. right? I think if if I could answer your question pointedly, that is that is the the, the most difficult piece. Mm -hmm. Just making sure that you don't get lost in in, in each other, in each in other. Business. and falling in love and like like getting lost in that mm -hmm. without like. Uh, uh, focusing on who you are as an individual and where you want to go as an in individual and making sure that you're on that path yeah. uh, alongside of your, your, your partner. And they, they agree that that's the correct path. Yeah. In our twenties, we were so focused on business, like the first, however many years that we didn't take time to learn and relearn and understand ourselves individually. We were hustling. That's true. Yep. Right. So like that's the scale and all that kind of stuff. Like we were, we were hustling, we were balancing each other. Um, you, then you talk about like the masculine and feminine and all these types of things, dynamic, like we were hustling. That means I was living in my masculine, yeah. right? He's doing his thing as well. So we were just cool, like being boys, right? Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, as, as again, you know, getting back to learning and understanding and honoring yourself and giving myself permission to fall back into my feminine, right? And, and find the space once we got to a certain place, find a space where I can, I can, I can still be that girl. Let's be very clear. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm still, you know, very much um, in the business and running the business and all that good stuff. But the energy in which I put into it is different right. than I did, you know, however many years ago. And that's my way of honoring myself and who I am in and through that as well. And so even him being able to adjust to that, Yep. you know, is different. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, like the, the marriage and business part, it's a journey is different for everybody. Our stories isn't going to be anybody else's, but I think at the end of the day, it's understanding yourself, understanding your spouse, being aligned in where you're going, right. Having that shared why and direction, and then the commitment to, to continue to move forward, uh, in and through that. I have a I question. Did you throw up a thumb? Was that you to put? That the was thumb? not me. That was not me. Oh, I keep seeing them bouncing. I, see them I, don't bouncing too. Well, I don't know. I was like, who's throwing thumbs? I thought y'all were doing it. I didn't I, do that. That's interesting. I ain't never seen them. Okay. I we, might be hacked. we might we might be Zoom hacked. That's like a thing. We might be. Is you can be Zoom hacked? 
Okay, listen, don't go too okay, far. Sorry. <laughs> um, so y'all coach couples often. Um, and we dabbled in that space, like very little. Um, but what we found is that one, he and I have this synergy where we see life the same way. And so it's very easy for us to progress forward. Well, how do you guys advise couples that you have one spouse who's like, this is the key. This is the answer. It's real estate. And the other person is like, I don't know, or no, or like, what does it do? Do you see it for them? Do you, do you, is it like, Hey, if, if she's not on board, then scrap that plan altogether. Or have you seen success where one person is in and sees it and the other person doesn't? Yeah. So I, we have, we do have couples that are in next gen. So it's, we don't have anything that's like couples specific and only for couples, but we do work with a lot of couples because people go to who they resonate with. And so they see us together. And so, you know, they, they feel comfortable in that. Um, and so usually what, what we tend to do um, is I usually say you have to, like, y'all need to go back to the drawing board, right? If someone's all in on real estate and someone's like, no, or they're risk averse or whatever, my school of thought is once you are very clear on what you're trying to do and, and accomplish as a unit, if you guys are working on this together, you define where you're going as a unit. That means everybody has buy-in, everyone's comfortable, right? One person wants to do like crazy projects. Someone else wants something a little bit more risk averse. You can find a happy medium. Once you find that happy medium, you work backwards to define your approach. So I'm not a one size fits all type of mentor. I'm very big on who are you? Like, where are you in your personal journey? Where are you trying to go? What do your finances look like? All those types of things. And say, okay, now let's work backwards to say, does it make sense to do big rehabs and, you know, renovate and sell property? Does it make sense to keep it as a rental property long-term? Does it make sense to turnkey a house? Like, so your approach really should be defined based on where you're trying to go. And married couples or folks who are coming in together, or even if is you and your cousin, right? Y'all are married and you're trying to do this project together. And so define where you're trying to go with both those people in mind and then work backwards on how you go to accomplish those goals. Yeah, and for us personally, I think we we change in each season mm-hmm. um, where like at, at some points, you know, first couple of years or whatever, at, at some points it's it's all about building as much consensus as possible and agreeing on, on the direction. So um, uh, waiting until there's buy-in or explaining a little more or really elaborating on the details and how this can work and why it'll work. And this is the next best step. Um, uh, and then at one point it was like, no, like, like Kiara thought of great I- ideas. I didn't think they were great. And she, she moved with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And it turned out great. Right. Or I did the same, same thing. Um, uh, uh, now we're in a place where me personally, I feel like consensus building is really the key, making sure that we are on the same page. Um, however long it takes. So I can be very patient. Um, I can be very um, uh, kind of like slowly chipping o- o- away at it, bringing up a topic kind of once a month or once a quarter and like, oh, let me slowly, slowly kind of chip away at it because I do think that this is the right direction for us to go. But I need her on board because I need my wife. Right. So um, he's talking about something very specific. So we're going to have a conversation after this. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I feel you. I've, I've been they're, they're, having a, they're having a few things over the years where I'm like, slowly chip away, chip away. And it's like, okay, cool. She can see the light. Now let's go. Right. And that's the best place to be. 
I love that. What what are you guys? I have two questions. What are you guys' roles in the business? Like what do you, what does each one of you do? Yeah, so we we balance each other very well, but I'll say for the for the most part, and correct me if I'm, you know, but for the most part, I'm more like bigger picture, strategy, those types of things, and close a lot better at like executing. And so he's still like big picture and and setting the strategy, but like he's very much, you know, he'll roll up his sleeves and make sure it's getting done. And of course, now at this point, we have a whole team. So, you know, it's not like anybody's out here swinging hammers, but to really go after and like execute on the vision, I feel like Phil's like more of the executor of, of the vision as we look to, to set the vision together. Yeah. 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 I, 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 my butt. I think. Oh, I, now, Kier, you know, I've been getting my butt handed to me on the internet about that uh, very thing right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I enjoy, like I've, I've dabbled in the kind of vision strategy space um and really like yeah and, and help set it and, and lead it and all this kind of funding i enjoy that space too it's it's a really fun space to be creative and to dream big um but i do uh i'm like when legal docs come in i'm in it mm-hmm. like i'm reading every single word i'm redlining it i'm asking the right questions i'm sending it over to the attorneys i'm, I'm negotiating based on it like I, I do dive deep into the details to make sure that um we are as protected as as, as possible at the end of the day um, me being uh, the 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 man in the marriage, right? Protection and security and safety; those are those are on me. I feel, um, and I think you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to securing home base and making sure that we're 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 protected, I, I feel like from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, from like just spiritual, emotional, um, I try my best. Not perfect, but I try my best to make sure that I am um, providing those those uh, uh, fill, filling those gaps for our marriage. <laughs> yep, I love to see I love to see the little subtle exchanges <laughs> because as a married couple, we totally get it and know exactly mm-hmm. what those things mean. Right, I'm doing the best I can. Like this <laughs> might. Hey, look, yeah. <laughs> so no, that's really that's really interesting. We both have that. Kevin and I have that same dynamic. You know, I'm mm-hmm. the visionary. He definitely will roll up his sleeves and execute. Um, we just did a podcast with Black Wealth Renaissance and. Yeah, yeah, they're cool. They're very cool. Anyway, yeah. the clip that Kevin made about that very similar thing, he's like, she has a vision and, you know, I go out and do it. And it's just interesting to see the feedback that people have about that. Overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. it's like, go go ahead, girl, or that's how it's supposed to be, or where are these men, or where are women like this? But, you know, then there's that very small few, Kevin, just a few people who, you know, think it's, it is less masculine for that to be the case. But one of the things that we recognize is that we have this divine connection and this particular sauce of Kevin and Aisha or the two of you just really make things so much better, right? Because by myself, I feel like I was uh, favored and I feel like Kevin was favored. And I'm like, dang, this this favor together, like both of us moving forward. Is what you see today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I see that so much for y'all, and I'm just like grinning as I'm hearing you guys talk because I hear the similarities between between the two. Yeah. You know what's funny? I, I, I go for marriage too. Yeah, my business, right? Hey, so what's marriage is different. Everybody <laughs> dynamics are different. We all work the way we need to work, right? There's no right way to do it. If everybody uh, knew the right way, then there wouldn't be as many divorces out here. 
that part. But it's funny, actually, I did see you guys' video and I commented on it and I said, and I said something to the fact, like having a, a woman with a vision and a man who can ex- execute, there's nothing you can do. And it never put it together that that was you all. That's so funny. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. And see, I saw uh-huh. your comment. That's why I said that. And I, oh, yeah, now it's, all, it's all coming together. Yeah. I think vice versa too, right? Like maybe it's the man who has the vision and the woman who's really good at execution. What we learned was that when we operate in our gifts, it works so much better. And when we first started out, we had this battle between the two of us where we were overlapping in the business, right? Like I try to do his side, he tried to do my side. And it was like, once we finally figured out, like, you are really good at this, you should do this and be in charge of this. And I'm really good at this. I should be in charge of this. We had these lanes and it just moves so much better when we move. Absolutely. Did you feel lighter after that? Did. I mean, my soul felt lighter. Absolutely, <laughs> got lighter. No, I'm, you say you're right. Whole thing get lighter. You just be walking in your purpose at that point. It's no better space. And I think once everyone's completely bought in to the vision and the direction and what you're trying to do together, and you step more into that than you are in your ego, yep. like there's no stopping that. There's no stopping that momentum and that power. It's the ego sometimes that gets in the way and keeps us from being able to to live in our zone because we think that we got to do whatever or we're, we're not fully bought into the process. Um, and so the more everyone's bought into the process, the further we can all go for sure. So before we jump into our last couple of questions, I wanted to ask one technical question just because I'm a nerd. You yes. guys market is very interesting because with all the historic properties and, and just the way that Eastern markets are set up, you can get all these tax credits and all these different benefits. Whose idea was it to kind of go down that path? Or was it something that you guys just came to? Because that's a, a niche that, you know, Eastern markets have that we don't have here in the South because almost everything is new, right? Like y'all have these historic codes and a lot of incentives that other markets don't have. Yeah. So our first project, we had the a tax credit just because the property was blighted, right? So that very first property taught us that doing these older houses, you can get a property tax credit and you pay less in your property taxes. And as a landlord, that means more of a profit at the end of the year, right? So like simple enough as that. And then in Baltimore, there are some similar but different type of, of um, tax credits where based on how you renovate a house that is historic, um, you can have a property tax credit for 10 years. And with the numbers here, because Baltimore is the birthplace of redlining, because it's blocks of block, because of all the different challenges that come with Baltimore real estate, you kind of have to do um, some of those tax credits in certain areas to get the numbers that you're looking for. And then from there, we just kind of built on the complexity of the types of um, sources for capital that we've leveraged on different projects. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Okay. Whose idea was it? I think we we both kind of came came to the conclusion. Now, as we talk about things and we we brand the the business and and marketing, there have been times when Kiara was like, "Okay, let's let's take it this this direction," and it goes that direction. Or I'll say, "Let's take it this this direction," and I'll go that direction. Um, and we, we, you know, we, we leverage what's out there, what our true desires are, mm-hmm. um, and couple that with what a community wants, what our clients want, what the leaders want, mm-hmm. um, and make sure that we find a path that's, that aligns with as many of those as possible so that we can go forward and, um, and really accomplish the things that, that folks want to accomplish. Yeah. So locally there's a chat tax credit 
Um, there's some state tax credits for historic. It's all tied to the type of renovations you do. And then as you get more complex in your project, there's more sources out there, um, whether tax credits or grants or what have you. I love that. We we definitely don't have much of that here. I mean, we do affordable <laughs> housing, so that's probably okay. the closest thing that we get yeah. to that. Uh, where they incentivize us by giving us the land. But, you yep. know, we don't have, we've torn down a lot of our historic structures. So there's not many places to start from with a good shell here. It's almost yeah. like building new is a more efficient thing to do. Yeah, it, it truly is. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, learn, that, learn that on the journey. We were renovating and, and mm -hmm. realized yeah. that um, it's much more efficient, cost effective, and it just made more sense for us to do new construction. And that's when we pivoted our business from renovation to uh, completely new construction. Yes. Yeah. Completely All right. So we're going to jump into our final five questions. Uh, Aisha, I don't know if you had a particular order you wanted to ask them or, or what, or I can jump in. You tell me what you want. See, that's why we married. We married right there. That's how married face. <laughs> that's how married folks communicate, right? Look, man, it, it's a journey. You know, you take it home every day. But no, um, why do you think so many couples are stuck, even though they have every intention of getting started in their journey? Stuck in real estate. We're stuck in just like the, the business. Just not moving. So, not you know, moving. We, not moving. we particularly, you know, focus on real estate, but so many couples are stuck with just moving forward in life, right? Whether they can't decide a direction or whatever. Um, but, you know, for us, we will want it to be on the same page to move forward. And same thing for you guys. So, so many couples are stuck at that starting point where they don't want to make a next step. Why do you think mm -hmm. uh, they're stuck there? I guess comfort and fear. I think those two things together just create an environment where being stuck one is okay because you're comfortable. Um, so you can like, uh, and then fear, you can just blame that and say, eh, I know it's because I'm scared, but um, but I'm gonna let the fear kind of over, over overcome me. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be my my thoughts on it. Yeah, people definitely start to, you know, I think a lot of things that that we've done is uh, completely different than what we've seen. Right. We haven't seen people doing these types of projects or, you know, couples working in this way. And, and a lot of times it's hard to chart a new path, especially if you're fearful. Um, and so I think part of it is that communication to define where are we going? Right. Like, where is this train headed? Um, and having buy in fully from both people in that. And then it is how do I navigate fear, not only within myself, but the fear amongst each other, right? How do I um, encourage and support him if, if you know, we're, you know, he has fear or the same with me? Like, how does he encourage me so that we're constantly pushing each other to get better as together we're trying to get better to go where we're trying to, you know, do what we're trying to accomplish? I think a lot of people aren't clear enough with where they're trying to go. They don't want to talk about money. They don't want to talk about credit. They don't want to talk about, you know, all of those things. And, you know, really thinking about marriage and this partnership as a business, right? We have to have these types of conversations to set the path for where we're trying to go. And I don't think people can get comfortable with being uncomfortable and having those conversations and making that happen. And you bring up a good point. Something you said made me dig a little bit deeper. Comfort and fear, yes, but that might just be the symptom. Mm. I think what's underlying under that comfort and fear is um, couples may not know each other well enough or study each other well enough mm -hmm. or be able to communicate to those deeper 
um, those deeper um, complexities of your of your partner well enough to help those pe- to help your partner kind of push through. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's that's really and it and it presents itself as oh I'm I'm just comfortable I'm just fe- fearful but really we all need somebody who can help us navigate and push through mm-hmm. those 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 opportunities because mm-hmm. fear tells you the direction to go right comfort tells you where not to stay so really you just need somebody your spouse to help drive you through it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah I like that so I was thinking about I was thinking about this question more from a real estate perspective like yeah you know, people dream of owning real estate portfolio. And I mean, how many times do we have to hear generational wealth before we all just, you know, just do it <laughs> before we all just do it? Why, yeah. What do you suggest like for a couple that's like, we want to build generational wealth and we want to get into real estate and we want to do this. What do you suggest to get them over the hump of from not doing it to actually doing something? Yeah. Protect your goals. Right. So we all know that you can't have those conversations in every room with everybody. And so one thing, <laughs> right. So one thing with us, we had maybe like 10 doors before we started sharing that we were investing in real estate. So we leaned on and into each other for all those moments of fear. And what are we doing? And oh my God. And how are we? Right. We had those conversations at midnight in our bedroom and and encouraging each other and being able to see each other's blind spots to be able to either fill that gap or encourage, you know, each other to to fill it ourselves. And so um, sometimes you need to protect those goals because you don't need help to be scared. Um, And, um, and being very intentional about like, if this is where you're going, then each and every day, we are going to do something. We don't have to buy a hundred unit apartment building every day, but every day we're going to do something that's in alignment with what we're trying to do and not let the world and life and stress and whatever's happening outside of this to keep us from going where we are trying to go. Because if, if this doesn't work, it's going to be you and I looking at each other. So we might as well look at each other to make something good happen. I love that. And if I can add a layer, if I can add a layer to that, we're doing things that most of the people that we know or in our family have never done. And out of love and protection, they might not, they will advise you not to do it because it is risky because they don't understand it. And so it is, I I love the fact that, that we have this that we have this connection with somebody who we can take this risk with. There are people who are taking it by themselves and killing it, but we also Mm -hmm. have each other in this marriage to take this risk with, but also surrounding yourself with people who are doing exactly what you want to do, not people who aren't doing what you do and taking their advice. Oh, I don't know. That's really risky. The market looks like this. Oh, the news said this and this and that. And then we get in rooms with each other and who get it and who do this on this level. And the conversation is just so much different. Absolutely. I always say you want to surround yourself with people who are headed where you're trying to go or have been where you're trying to get to. Right. That's when you normalize, you know, the big conversation. You know, we're in rooms where, you know, millions and billions of dollars, like that's just part of the conversation versus being in other rooms where that's scary. And so you, you really do have to be intentional about who you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Yeah. I love true. That. So what is one of you guys uh, and you both can give an answer to this favorite marriage or real estate book? Mm. What was that? Um, I read a lot of books. Um, I think the the books that have been the best for me 
in our marriage have been books about my development. Right. So there's tons of marriage books. And she's selfish, like y'all. She's selfish. Well, but if I can bring <laughs> my the best you gotta version. Get off this call after, man. <laughs> if I can bring the best version of myself to him, right, then that will also encourage him to bring his his best self to me and we can be our best selves together. Right. Um, and so the one that I've been mentioning the most often lately is Women Evolve uh, by Sir, um, Sarah Roberts Jakes. Um, that book was really, really great in just how to honor um, yourself and show up as your best self in your relationships and, and in the world. Yeah. Are you going I, to the I agree with that. I think a lot of the real estate books that I read are very technical books, um, which are great, right? They serve their, their purpose. Mm-hmm. If I could pick a book for just like relationships, um, there's a book called um, You Only Fall in Love Three Times. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's just a profound way of looking at the uh, <laughs> ground fit <laughs> and, and at just kind of the cycles of of love. Um, and what what really struck me in the book is that um, all three of those loves can exist in one person, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to physically be three different people or marriages, relationships, whatever. Um, uh, and this is talking about like intimate, right? We're not talking about friendships here. We're not talking about principal. We're talking about like intimate. Um, uh, so like just tracking us and seeing us go through each of these phases um, and, you know, just kind of smiling. And, and once you understand the process or like somebody can explain it to you, then you you, you not only feel like you're 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 with somebody um, who, who can kind of speak to you and and, and help you go, go, go through it. Um, but, but more importantly, you feel like there's a, there's a path, there's a, a roadmap. You can say, you know what, today is just a day. You know what I mean? We, we may not have gotten along today and that's fine, right? It's just part of the process, part of the journey. We're building stronger together. We'll continue to do so. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. And I definitely wrote that book down. Uh, <laughs> I was asking, uh, Kier, if you're going to the conference. The Sarah, Jakes, Sarah Jakes Roberts conference. In oh, I was supposed to go in Atlanta. I didn't. I haven't gone to the conference. I, I have looked at them to go. Um, but something about her like hits me real deep. So I gotta be I gotta be ready for it because she she definitely dropped some gems. And sometimes I got stuff to do that day and I don't have time to be stuck <laughs> in my family. Stirs you up that it takes you off your course. Uh, yes, she's amazing, and that's why I think sometimes I have to be in a certain space to be ready for it. I feel like I, I need to read that book. Just to better understand. Don't be all up in my business. (laughs) (laughs) So she has one video clip and super, super short, but there's one video clip where TD Jakes anointed her or whatever to do her conference. It's like a moment. And I woke up in the middle of the night a couple of like weeks ago and I was like, man, I want to see that moment. I want to see that Mm. dad give his daughter. Yeah. Because I just remembered it subconsciously. And Aisha walked in and she was like, well, what are you listening to? And I kind of told her the story or whatever. But I always get deep in the stuff. And then she'll come along after and be like, oh, I'm listening to this great thing. I was like, man, I was on that three months ago. (laughs) Um, So what do y'all enjoy most about the lifestyle that you have designed? Uh, freedom. freedom. Yeah, I was going to say freedom. Yeah. So being able to design our own day. Um, I love traveling. I love being around folks who help me to continue to see more and be bigger. Um, and so we tend to travel to be in those spaces. Um, and 
I feel honored that we've created a life and a lifestyle and a team where we can continue to do that um, very often. Uh, so that that freedom is is really important. Yeah, being able to put pour right mm-hmm. to feel like we're walking in our path yeah. in a way that we can pour into others. Yeah. Um, from a very humbled and very um, uh, modest and authentic place, mm-hmm. just like um, when your cup overflows with emotions and good spirit and and all that, um, you can you can pour that into others, and we love doing that. Yeah, we're we're very purpose driven and are walking in our our path, um, not only individually but together, and I think that is a very large reason why the ebbs and flows of life and business haven't quite taken us out, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're walking in our purpose and our path and um, and being very intentional about that every day and showing up fully as ourselves every day. Either what you see online is what you're going to see in person, what you're going to see everywhere else because it's just us. Um, and, and I am very grateful to to live a life in which I can just be me and it matters to myself. It pays, you know, we, we are able to pay our bills um, and can go to sleep every single night full. I love that. I love it. Aisha, you going to ask the last question? Yeah. Um, who or what do you think has been essential to your business growth? Um, hmm. I'll, I'll go with a what, but mm-hmm. not a who. Uh-huh. Um, for our business growth, um, just like our our attention to the market and our attention to the detail that that, that comes with it, uh, both on the real estate side as well as on like all the other sides, right? Because mm-hmm. there's multiple different operations going on. So just being able to lean into those and say, um, all right, what's happening here? And how does that impact from a global perspective, from a micro perspective? Okay, cool. What move should we make? Let's pivot here. Let's do that instead. Sure. Right. And just being able to constantly adapt, um, you know, be, be nimble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And I, um, and the, my very first thought when you asked that Aisha was our parents mm-hmm. and just instilling that value centered, um perspective and just being very um you know for me it was always like there are no limits like you can just do you can do whatever you can do it all right and and I think for Clil's parents it's very value driven and being purposeful in all of those things and I I I honestly think we were uniquely designed to do a lot of the things that we do now and so um those kind of early on, as you know, as you're married and the longer you're married, you realize how much that childhood matters. Um, and so I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad for those value points that that each of us got from our childhood. So I, I definitely feel that. And I, I would say my follow-up question of that is, and this is more for you, Khalil, being from Baltimore with what you guys do in Baltimore, your parents seeing it, and I don't, you know, I don't know if your parents are alive or whatever. I don't I don't know. But um, how does your family feel? How does you guys family feel about the impact that you guys have had? And and how important is that for everything that you guys do? I mean, you named your company after your city. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So um, so my parents are still alive, still t- together. Um, uh, they're, they're still scared. <laughs> Honestly, they're, they're still they're still fearful. Was they're, right. they're waiting for the shoe to drop. They like they they ask the question like, "Hey, how are things going?" But it's kind of yeah, they, like, yeah, they, hey, 
How are Hold on, side note, don't you hate that? My mama asked, how's business? I'm like, bro, <laughs> like we are live. Like, leave us alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really does. But but uh, um, but you know, you don't you don't take it personally, you understand that it's coming from a place of love and protection yeah. and, and fear too. Right? We're doing things that they haven't done before. They're like they're on social media forwarding emails that are talking about send us to 10 people or you're gonna die today. Like, you know what I mean? They're they're looking at social media in that way and the internet and all these things. And we're like, no, nah, this is a tool, my like you gotta <laughs> come on, dad, you gotta get on board. Um, but um I think it they they ultimately love what's happening. They really like when um their friends hear about something that that we're doing and it comes back to them mm-hmm. and it kind of reinforces that like okay okay they they're okay they're okay they're gonna be all right they're gonna survive yeah, yeah. they're gonna survive <laughs> sounds my, yeah my parents are, are super excited they um they're a little bit more nimble i think so just for context my, my parents are a little older my dad is almost 80 mm-hmm. and my mom's in her 70 74 ish Kiara's parents are a little younger than fifties. Yeah, so my oh, my parents, parents are, are yeah, yes, my parents are, are pretty young. Um, yes, and so they um, they're super excited. And so for for my family, not only my my parents, but like my my greater family, like all of my family. Um, historically, there's this whole kind of story I've told a ton of times. But um, my ancestors started a town in the 1820s. Um, like a free town called Hensonville in Pennsylvania. I literally grew up on the land. Um, not that it was passed down to me, but we just happened to live on it. And um, so that is my history. And so I think my family, not only my parents, but my greater family see what we're doing kind of as a return on investment, right? And you know, when you talk about being your ancestors' wildest dreams, that being literal for my family, um, and so, so yeah, so for them, they're super proud and excited and try to support anything. They're at every event that we do and they, they are like all in for everything, um, all the time. I think that's why she's waiting for a trust fund. Yeah, I am waiting for my <laughs> trust fund because I know where the land is. And honestly, I know some of the people that got it once they took it from us. So every once in a while I'm ready to pull up. So I leave the, I leave the right the pull up on a few people around me. <laughs> Just make sure you bring your camera. I'd like to see that. No problem. Okay. We'll bring a whole camera. Get somebody to sponsor. Uh, we, we bought my, my mother's house years ago, and we're going to build our next house on that. But next door to that is a house that uh, my grandfather had, and mm. it got sold after my parents got divorced, whatever. But the lady who lives in that house, I'm just waiting. I'm like, she's in her, her mid, like, I think right. she's in the early 80s. I'm like, hey, man, as soon as you're ready, I'm, I'm ready to buy it back. I need my inheritance back. I need my, I need it back. I need it back. Plus interest. Give mm-hmm. it all. So tell us where um, our listeners can find you. And also, you know, what do you have got? What do you guys have going on? What can people expect from Charm City buyers in the future? Yeah, so you can find us all over social. Um, that's also a great way to keep up with us. Um, it's at Charm City Buyers on Instagram. Um, we have a Charm City Buyers Facebook. It's Charm City Buyers on YouTube. So we have tons of really great videos there as well. Um, and um, as far as what's coming. Yeah, so yeah. it's a lot going on. <laughs> Definitely a ton. But the first 10 years, we did a lot of learning, growing, Setting foundation. Um, setting the foundation, like a really, really solid foundation. So the next 10 years, you'll see a lot of development. You'll see a lot of construction. You'll see a lot of um, 
financing, mm-hmm. um, um, capital and, and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, we're just like, we're ready to really take off from there. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. And then we always love to do live events. So we have live events in Baltimore throughout the year. We have a big conference that we tend to do in the fall, a three-day conference uh, called Mobilize Baltimore that we do in the fall, um, usually every year. So um, we, we're out there, we're online, but it's always great to touch it, feel it, feel it, see it. So folks tend to fly into Baltimore so that you can really get an understanding of what we've been talking about all these years online. Yeah, let me look directly at the camera because you just said something that I think so many people need to hear. He said the first 10 years they built the foundation. So for everybody that's trying to jump out here and build generational wealth tomorrow, this man said the first 10 years he built the foundation. Um, I I just think that's such a key point that most people don't make. We're microwave, ready to get rich generation and real true wealth and businesses are, they thrive and grow over time. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you for recognizing. We got to come out to the three day, man. I want to check it out. Come through. Yes. We love to have a great time in Charm City. Yeah, that'd be, I want to find out what, give me the meaning behind the name. I know it obviously has to be Baltimore is called Charm City, but why? Yeah. Why is it called Charm City? Um, once the, the architecture here, it's just, it's very, it's a very charming city. So, um, because a lot of the buildings here are a hundred years old or, or older, um, it's a lot of architectural features and, um, different nuances about different neighborhoods and parts of the city. And so Baltimore is just charming. Like we have our own culture. Food is amazing. Of course. The art scene is dope. The art scene the is art, dope. murals or different buildings mm-hmm. or just the way things are painted mm-hmm. or just art in, in, in general. We got a black arts district that's fire. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's just it's, there's so much. Um, and it's hard to not use a different word, but there is so much charm. Right. There's yeah. there's this there's this like feeling. There's this like this um, uh, celestial like just just taste to, yeah. to Baltimore City. Yeah. And, it, and it's and it's authentic right it's not this kind of hoity-toity whatever we're just we're Baltimore has this very nonchalant coolness right and it's it's just I I love I love this city and so um it's really great that we have so much support here locally um for what we do and and for how we love the city and and how we're able to give back to it as well but yeah charm city buyers is because there's so many of us Mm -hmm. right the the thought process in the beginning is that it's not just me it's not just Kira. it's not just us there's so many charm city buyers Mm -hmm. that we've uh that we have going through our group coaching program that have learned the things that we have done and are able to go out there and like really perform and execute building their portfolio so that we can all collectively come together and buy up the city so that we can fix it, move it forward, eliminate vacancy, create community, all those good things through Charm City Buyers, yeah. the plural multiple. Yeah, no, we manifested it through the name. We we set the name and then built built the the community and, and all of the things that we've been able to do since then. Awesome. So we're going to have to come check out that charm. Yeah, we love we love to travel. So, and we love to meet up with people who are doing amazing things in their community through real estate. So, this is not a good bias until next time. Of course, thank you so much for being guest on the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. Um, and we look forward to talking with you guys again. Likewise, thanks for having us. Thank you. Okay.